The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more are the mention the machine. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Mention the Machine podcast. This is episode 9, Habits 404. Today we're talking about some insights from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. With me as always is Joel, because otherwise there's no podcast. Not true. This was your whole whole idea of this podcast. Well, this is all your gear, so otherwise it's just me talking in the garage. True. Which does happen, but it's not really a podcast. Yet. It's kind of just... So, funny story about this fourth book. I thought I read four books this summer on habits. I only read three, but somehow this snuck into the list. Interesting. So, I grabbed it and burned through it in about two days. It's my favorite habit book by far. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. This one was one of the ones that I read as part of the uh, the Iron Council, so their book of the month. Um, we we did a month on habits, and yeah, there's this one and the, a couple of the other ones, but not all four that you read. Thing that I thought was amusing was the guy used to be he used to play baseball as a kid, and got hit in the head with a baseball bat, and basically his life was almost over, and um, he went unconscious a couple of times, had some severe con- concussions and whatnot. And apparently a couple of days after um, after that was done, they wanted to check to see how bad the damage was. They told him to blow his nose, and his eye almost fell out of its socket. <laughs> it wasn't for the the optical nerve and the eyeball and the um, eyelash and the eye um, eyelid, it would have came out of its socket. I'm like, wow! And that's how you got in the habit. There was a uh, there's there's a story from. Uh the the ad an admiral it was on, he was on Chaco podcast and he was talking about how they were doing some training mission with the helicopters and like they were all supposed to like speed line out of the helicopter but something went wrong and they like forty guys all, ended up all falling falling on top of each other and they were all injured he said the one they were all in the way the emergency room and the one guy was asked the doctor for a Kleenex because he his nose was all stuffed up and he went and he blew his nose and they said it was just like watching the movie The Mask where the guy's whole face like came off and like went back attached because he had completely like crushed all his sinuses and everything. Uh, wow, crazy injuries. Yes, completely unrelated to habits. But. So back to habits. <laughs> An atomic habit is a practice or routine that is small and easy and a component of a system of compo- of com- compound growth. Yeah, it's uh, similar to what we've been talking about, about having a very small habit. Like, if you want to change a, a pattern or you want to change a habit in your life, you, you start small. The smallest thing you can do. Um, I, I mentioned before uh, BJ Fogg and his idea of if you want to start flossing your teeth every night, just commit to flossing one tooth. Yeah, he seemed, uh, James Clear seemed all about the whole compound interest thing when it comes to habits. Yeah, compound interest is a big, big to-do. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> We go into that a little later, according to your your outline here. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't skip ahead this time to script the outline. <laughs> <laughs> so when people always talk about habits, it's usually it's kind of interesting because they're always they're always trying to fix a bad habit most of the time. It's, mm-hmm. it's hardly ever that people are actually starting trying to start a good habit without replacing a bad habit. Why do you think that is? Well, the thing that's a bad habit, I can get rid of it. But as we know, you can't get rid of a bad habit. It's still there. Yeah, it'll always it'll always be there. It's just lacking the trigger. Mm-hmm. Bad habits repeat themselves because you don't have the wrong because you because you don't have the wrong system in place to change them. You don't have the right system in place. Oh, the right system. I don't know why I wrote that. Wrong. You don't have the wrong system, or you don't have the right system. You don't have the right system to change it because basically, 
habits are, like we said, cues and rewards and all that stuff. And if you can change the cues and change the environment, you need to change the habit. Yep, and that's one of the first things you got to do is you got to either change the the cue or change the environment. So we also say that small changes seem unimportant at first, but consistently will result in a compound result like interest. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when people when people want to do things like they want to they want to lose weight or they want to fix their health. It's like they expect immediate results. They expect to work out for like a week and see big massive changes mm-hmm. in themselves. And there'll be some changes, but they also got to remember that it, they spent. 20 years doing their bad habit. Exactly. They did 20 years worth of damage that they got to undo. So once they get past that point of doing of undoing what they did, then they can start growing from it and changing. We said this already, but habits can be seen as compound interest of self-improvement. <clears throat> the example is um, there was a biking team. It was a, no, it was a, the, I think the UK biking team was a laughing stock of the, um, Whatever the major bike race is, it's escaping me. But anyway, even like Tour de France, Tour de France, even like Vin, like Wagner didn't want them using their bikes because they were such a laughing stock. So they they basically decided to take every aspect of biking, everything from the fact to like like the sleep, the eating, washing hands, and everything, and try to make everything one percent better. And they actually ended up winning a Tour de France. Yeah, so. that's that's how it happens. The airplane went by. Yep. Yeah, I think about it like um, the when you're like lifting weights, for instance, you you think about like the big plates, like the forty five pound plates, as being the 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 growth and everything. But it, it's really the two and a half pound plates because mm-hmm. when you when you put on those that extra five pounds onto the lift, it's that's where the real progress is over time. Because then eventually you eventually swap that out with a forty five pound plate, but you're you're not going to see that that often. You're going to see more the the two and a half pound increments. Mm-hmm. To get better results, focus on the system instead of setting goals. This was a game, was a total game changer in my opinion because I never thought about that. Because like when I started biking, like I created a system for biking, getting ready, having everything ready, and like that made it so much easier to go biking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you removed a lot of the obstacles by setting up the system. You, you set up your your own cues and your own rewards and everything else. Strava helped too. What's that? Strava also helped. Oh yeah, yeah. Once you have something that's that's challenging you and you gamify it, then it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Gamification is a big uh, component in changing habits. I think that we we didn't even get into, but nobody we didn't read a book about that. So. Oh, that might be my next book in about three or four. Episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so you will get better results if you focus on who you'll become instead of what you want to achieve. I've I've heard that several different ways. I've heard that also talking about um. If you want to do something in life, you have to become the type of person that's already doing that mm-hmm. thing. Well, if they're talking about, like, identity is more important than anything out in the world. Like, if you're, a, like, for example, I'm not an athlete, but if I start doing stuff, I can become an athlete. And mm-hmm. that becomes part of your thing, and you don't want to let it down. Like, people know that I'm always on time. Like, I'm, I'm rarely late. And, like, if I have to pick somebody up, I will be there early. Like, that's part of my, that's part of my, of me. And whenever I'm, am, if I do, I'm late, I lose my crap. So... So your habits become your identity. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's basically like, uh, I guess, yeah, you are the sum of your habits. That's what is that Socrates that said that? I think that's in here too. So there are four laws of behavior change. You want to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. Making it obvious is the uh, probably the, the one that a lot of people struggle with for some things. Like making it obvious that they want to lose weight, they 
they'll lie to themselves and make excuses until they get over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. You'll ever get attractive, because if you make it attractive, then that's something you want to do. Yeah, making it easy. That's that's also tricky because people want to overdo it. They want to they mm. want the they want the big rewards now, not the small rewards of like, you know, uh, you want to lose weight, maybe maybe drinking a gallon of water a day instead of instead you of know, like trying to go for you know it's a ten mile run first day out. I was gonna say instead of a gallon of coke, but yeah, it works too. Yeah, well, if you drink a gallon of water, you probably don't have enough time to drink a gallon of coke. You only got you'll be in the bathroom all day. <laughs> True. And make it satisfying. The reward at the end should be something you want to do. Not yeah. something you dread. Yeah, no, I'm drinking a gallon of water has no real, no major reward at the end, except you'll probably feel a lot better because your organs need that stuff. Yes. Environment shapes human behavior. Ooh. And like the other book said, like, it's easier to start new habits or break habits if you move apartments because you don't have all the cues in place. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Same thing with like uh, starting a new job, starting uh, starting anything, just pick a new new space for it. Mm-hmm. Like he even talked about like the one guy had a small apartment, but he had every section of the apartment, there was a different thing. Like one section where he worked in, another place where he slept in, another place where he ate, like each Invite its location had a had a purpose. Who's this rich guy with all these rooms in his apartment? <laughs> no, it was a small New York apartment. <laughs> it was the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's one of those things also that I think about. Like, remember when you were a kid and you'd rearrange your bedroom for no reason, and like you'd be like, "Oh, it's a whole new room." <laughs> so it felt like a whole you were a whole new person or something. I vaguely remember that. Now it's like now I haven't rearranged a room since I put the furniture in there. Yeah, same here. Outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. So it's like uh, your your habits have been doing things in the background of the process, and then your your outcomes are, are just kind of generated from those. Mm-hmm. You think you're when you're auto, on autopilot, that's exactly what's happening. Exactly, like all the like all the work from me biking, dropping thirty five pounds, dropping my blood pressure. So, which was the goal? Yes, it was. The other goal was the the intended side effect was Joel was addicted to bicycles now. I'm not addicted. I like them, but yeah, right. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> well, you quit riding outside. <laughs> yes, I did because it's too cold. Yeah, uh, you just need to bike harder. No. Time magnifies the margin between success and failure. It will multiply whatever you whatever you feed it. And one of the examples we put pointed out was like when a plane takes off. If you move one degree, you can easily end up from going to Washington D.C. going down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's one of those things that we talk about with uh, with goal setting. Also, is sometimes you can't you can't control entirely where you're going, but you gotta adjust the the ship sometimes. Yeah, that, that's what pilots are doing. They're not just flying in a straight line. Like they they have to keep readjusting and realigning. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to adjust your habits and you might have to change one of the four laws as you go along. You might have to make it make it more obvious or make something else obvious. Make mm-hmm. it make something else more attractive. Like you have to keep shifting shifting the things around. Good habits make time your ally, while bad habits make time your enemy. Time is always the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <clears throat> No, I think about but good habits make you time your ally. I saw a you know motivational video or something. He was talking talking about somebody who was uh, 
interviewing Kobe Bryant. He was talking about how people get up sometimes at 10 a.m. and then they go, they do their breakfast, they go to training at like noon, go home, they eat again, they rest, they go back out again, they do another training at like 6, and then they like go home, go to bed. He said he gets up at 4 in the morning, he does his first training at like 5, then by like 10 he's doing his second training, and then he's doing like a third and a fourth and a fifth. So he said, it sounds like it's not that much different at first, but you do that over years, over decades, and how much further, far advanced are you than the guy that only does training like twice a day? Uh-huh. The only thing I always talked about was the plateau of latent potential. And basically, it's that plateau of like you keep trying, you keep trying, you don't make any, any progress, and finally you do. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. So, when you do finally break that plateau of latent potential, people can call it an overnight success. Yeah, I see that all the time, talking about people and their skills. It's um, 10,000 hours. Yeah, 10,000 hours is is out there also. And most of the time, I th- it's like people want to call somebody a talent and things like that. Especially with like art, for instance. They'll say, oh, you draw really, really well. You must be really talented. But the person, person obviously had to practice a lot to be that good. While talent plays a part in it, and I'm sure talent is one of the reasons why they picked up the habit of drawing, but it was their habit that actually made them excellent at it. Yep. So changing our habits is a challenge is challenging for two reasons. Number one, trying to change the wrong thing, or number two, trying to change the habit the wrong way. So what would you say would be an example of trying to change things the wrong way? Or trying to change trying to change the wrong thing? Um, so for example, I go back to that because of the guy getting cookie every day. He was trying to figure out what was he really wanting, and it wasn't really, it was more than he needed to break. It wasn't that it was the cookie was bad, it was what he was choosing to do. So he picked the wrong, have that wrong thing to do for the break. Ah, uh, so his habit, the thing, he wasn't really trying to change his habit, he was trying to change the outcome of the habit? Well, the thing was, he was eating a cookie every day, and that was because him to gain weight, and that basically was a compound interest of bad things uh, so right I, I see it as for, from my my example for that from my life would probably be um the idea that you can't outwork a bad diet so it's like if you're constantly eating garbage like well not necessarily garbage but you, you just know side i did before i ate for lunch <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying somebody somebody bought something that rhymes with ring and and kong <laughs> <laughs> but no, when if you eat bad, you can't outwork that diet. So it's people who might think, okay, I need to, in order to lose weight, I need to up my my exercise output. When really, if they just ate less bad, they would probably have better success. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have a bad day, bad week of work, they wouldn't even eat so much crap either. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your example? Of trying to change habits the wrong way. Trying to change habits the wrong way. Uh I think I think trying to go all in at one time. I think that's that that that'll work for immediate for an immediate while, but you've got to be very disciplined in order to make that stick. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, you're just going to fall back into your default behavior because Small it's your changes. default. Yeah, I think I nailed that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a simple two-step process: one, decide the type of person you want to be, and two, prove it to yourself with small wins. Yeah, I think decide the type of person you want to be. We touched on earlier. You have to become. You have to become the type of person that's already doing the thing that you want to do, mm-hmm. or already is the per- type of person that you want to be. And then you can emulate them, even though that that can backfire eventually too, because you don't know what else that person's got going on. But exactly, prove it to yourself with small wins. I'm a big uh, 
big believer in that. I believe in small rewards for yourself. Um, I think it was Jordan Peterson who said that don't be a tyrant to yourself. Like if you make an agreement with yourself, make sure you honor that agreement and reward yourself justly. You have a problem with that. <laughs> What's that problem, Joel? <laughs> the problem is I'm too hard on myself. We all we all are, and that's why you gotta you gotta watch that. That internal monologue will kill you. Yeah, I keep I keep short circuiting it, but every now and then it stays on loop a little bit too long. Yeah, it's a bit self self uh, self talk is a is a main ha- is a habit that uh, a lot of people can deal with changing. I'm not sure how to do it exactly myself, but. We've got a, we've got, we've done read four books on habit changing, so yeah. it's got to be in there somewhere. Well, I've changed a few habits so far this year, so I'm pretty happy with myself. But if you changed your negative self talk, no, again, I'm gonna change that. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's hardwired. It's like a bad habit. It's never gonna go away. Look, the question is, is wh- whose whose voice do you hear in your head? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> when Does, you, when it, you don't want to get on the bike, is it Goggins? No. <laughs> when I went in the back, I was like, do I really want to do this? How many, day, how many skip days did I have left this week? Oh, wait, I don't have any left. I guess I got to get on this bike. <laughs> skip days. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was, was, was amazing. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. Oh, crap. There's a whole other side to this paper. <laughs> yes, there is. It's only half a page. Yeah. He can make it a full page if he double spaced it. <laughs> it's page and it's space and a half. Old college tricks. But um, yeah, like a lot of people, they talk. The one thing you talk about how people believe is like they won't change, and because they don't change, the person stays the same. And like you need to constantly be learning, and expanding your beliefs, and changing them. To be honest. Yeah, I think if you're if you're listening to this podcast, then then you've probably. You've, are trying to grow and trying to change, and we all know people that are have been stuck. They they hit like their identity in their late teens, early twenties, and they're still there twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Same person, same the same outlook, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. watching the same anime. <laughs> Just kidding, Joel. <laughs> that was a low blow. That was a real low blow. <laughs> hey, the old anime was good. Yes, it was. The process of behavior change always starts with awareness. You need to be aware of your habits before you can change them. And I, we talked about that before, situational yep. awareness. Uh, you can't what, – what we get measured can be changed. So exactly. Until you know what you're doing, you can't you can't adjust it. There's another old guy, I forget what book it was, but he was talking about how, like, when you start, like, monitoring stuff, things change. So if you start monitoring your bad habits, they'll start changing because you're aware of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you write down – if you write down every day how many times you swear and you have to keep track of that. If it, Toastmasters is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. When they go into the um counters and the uh mm-hmm. counters and stuff, you start noticing the gr- those. The grammarian. The grammarian. Sounds so severe. Mm-hmm. Master of arms or whatever. Sergeant at arms, that's what it was. But yeah, the, when you start noticing those things and you start... start Once you're aware of it, you, you, you will change it just because it'll annoy you. Yeah. That's one thing I do now is I count people's thumbs when they're higher up than me. I'm like, huh, so I can speak better than you. (laughs) I'm better than this fool. Exactly. This one was also very amazing to me. We tend to imitate the habits of three social groups. The close, your friends and family. Mm -hmm. The many, the tribe. And the powerful, those who would status and prestige. I talked about this before. I don't know if it was on the the podcast, but like, 
you see on TV, oh, he's rich, he's got a limousine, so I'm going to run a limousine and that'll make me feel better. And you get the, you get work to get the limousine, you're like, this doesn't, this isn't, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Like you follow the prestige and status of somebody else, not realizing it won't actually make you feel better. Yeah, Instagram influencers. Yep. Like friends and family, like it's true. Like the one thing he was talking about, if you want to, if you want to be smarter, find smarter people to hang out with. Mm hmm. So that you can actually ascend to their level instead of degrading yourself to, the, to whatever level the group is. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the close family and friends. But people always say you're the uh, you're the sum of the five people you hang around the most. Mm-hmm. So make sure you pick those people uh, wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us can't always do that, but it's good. And, and the, the many, the tribe, like there are there are ways to surround yourself with smarter people. I think I talked about it on the podcast before. I mentioned it to you, Joel, about how if. If you want to level up in life, find find hobbies that have a, a cost of entry. Yeah. So you know you want to you want to fix your uh, your health. Go to like a jujitsu class where you got to pay to get in there, and everyone else is paying to get in there because they all want the same thing. If you go to just something free, you're probably not going to stick with it. Yeah. Plus, the caliber of people that go for the free are probably not going to stick with it either. Nope. Every behavior has a surface level craving and a deeper underlying motive. This is really amazing to me too because he mentioned like you ever realize no you know why a lot of people game because their daddies never hug them. Social status. It's the easiest way for them to climb to the top of the thing. I'm the best at that. It's Smash Brothers. That's true. Yeah, I mean we yeah that's that's definitely. I mean we how many times we just talk about gamification? How many times have we talked about? Uh, we wish life were like an RPG where you mm-hmm. could see your stats and you could change them. And but like he basically compared a bunch of like new um, vices for old like ancient stuff. Like you want to be liked, so you try to become influenced, so you have power, stuff like that. Yeah, it's all this, all the new stuff is really just hijacking old lizard brain technology. Yep, making it do new things. Habit formation is the process by which a behavior becomes progressively more automatic through repetition. What does that mean? <laughs> so, got distracted by that noise. Yeah, was that a gunshot? I thought it was a gunshot. But I think it's more like a falling tree or something. Cause... Are they shooting? <laughs> so, <laughs> we're just kidding. We're not in an actual danger. No, we're not. My safe word is pineapple. <laughs> So basically, the more you do something, like the drink, a five you're trying to form, the more automatic it becomes, and therefore you don't have to think about doing it. You just do it on reflex. Yeah, I think I, I think that's uh, when I when I was talking about Jocko, he said that uh, discipline is the cousin of habit because you have to have the discipline to start the habit, mm-hmm. which is why starting small is so important because it's a lot easier to have discipline to do a small thing than a big thing and the habit stack. Exactly, habit stack. If you're already if you're already doing the dishes, if somebody puts one more dish in there, it's not. Oh good. no, I slapped the shit of that person. Should have been here earlier. <laughs> only if only if you're done doing the dishes. You should just level up and buy a dishwasher. We will naturally gravitate towards the option that requires the least amount of work, and that's why we're lazy. Yeah, your body your body wants to conserve energy. That's why uh, it was in homeostasis, mm-hmm. where your body eventually adapts to whatever you're doing, and that's where that weird science of muscle confusion came in. And like that, that, that doesn't mean anything, but 
Yeah, your body wants to stay the same. That's why if you're in shape, it's easier to stay in shape. If you're out of shape, it's easier to stay out of shape. Yep. It, well, it's easy to stay out of shape anyway. But the bounce back, that's why um, you see Hollywood actors able to change their body. Of course, there's steroids and stuff in there, but their body yeah. also has a, a blueprint, a fixed blueprint for how they looked. Mm-hmm. It's all Photoshop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Using technology to automate your habits is the most reliable and effective way to guarantee their right behavior. Would that be like your Strava app? Well, it's more like your can't like for example your calendar to remind you to do stuff, or like. Hmm, I think calendar is the best example. Never mind. That's not even technology. That's that's pen and paper. No, no, I'm talking about the digital calendar. Oh, you're talking about reminders. Yes. Ah, uh, alarms. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. timers. Yeah, but the calendar comes into play also because you get that nice uh, that chain. Start linking the chain. You say, oh, I've done this for 107 days. I'm not going to quit now. Mm-hmm. 106. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> there was no place to bike the next day. I said, screw it. <laughs> it was just easier to quit. Yes, it was. But now we're in fall mode. Fall mode. So we will never touch habits ever again because Dave said we shouldn't have done four episodes back to back to back. But that's the only way I've ever got this done, so... What does Dave know? Dave knows a lot, actually. <laughs> Dave actually mentioned to this morning, he's listened to every podcast I've ever published. Hmm. Which, got, is, which is nothing to brag about. Is he, is he a stalker? No. Is Dave real? Is he a real person? Oh, Dave's really real. <laughs> so, what's our book for next week, Eugene? Well, two weeks from now, actually. Uh, I think we're going to try to do... Uh... Courage is Calling. Yes, by uh, another, Ryan Holiday. Another Ryan Holiday book, which uh, I'm, I'm listening to it now, and it's uh, a little little touchy on stoicism again, so it's going to be rehashing some things, but we just did four books on habits, so yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, so I will not be doing a four-part series ever again. <laughs> yeah, and if they, uh, if they don't want to hear stoic stuff anymore, well, we'll just lose our one listener, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Stay safe. That wraps up another episode of The Meds in the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit themedsinthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.